Hi, welcome to the second special of Two Friends with Nothing in Common. As promised previously, this is the second installment of Scooby-Doo material you have been waiting for. Um, but do not fear if you are not a Scooby fan or if you enjoy it, but you're not as cultured as some people. We have a guest today who is very cultured in Scooby topics and one not as much. So we have something for for every person in the audience. <laughs> um, today we will be discussing the first ever Scooby-Doo Where Are You episode ever. ever. I should say the first Scooby-Doo episode of all time because that's what it is. And then we'll be looking at uh, Velma's voice through the years, followed by a ranking of three of the best Scooby-Doo movies of all time. So with that, we got a nice action-packed episode for you. This virus is a threat causing a tire. But I just bought this. So our primary guest today is my good friend Andrea, and to start us off, she is going to tell a short story <laughs> on how we met. <laughs> yes, well, it's a classic tale for the ages. Um, <clears throat> it all began one, what was it, Labor Day? Yes. Yes, yeah. one Labor Day weekend. Um, we all went down to our favorite farm in southern Missouri. Um, Uncle Dan's cabin and surrounding area. <laughs> um, on the way back, oh, I would like to also point out that um, at this point we are all about 12 or 13 years old. Very quiet and awkward. <laughs> yes, incredibly quiet and awkward. Homeschooled, I believe, both of us at that point. Yes. I my, was. Tough time. My, my short homeschool stint. <laughs> yes, I certainly was. Andrew may or may not have been. Either way, he hung out with mostly homeschoolers and anyway, so picture that. Um, we stop our caravan at a gas station somewhere along the highway. Um, and we go in. And as always, the line for the women's bathroom is just much longer than the line for the men's bathroom, as in there is no line for the men's bathroom. So I think to myself, Hmm, <laughs> I should probably just use the men's bathroom. That makes sense. I asked my friend to watch the door for me. <laughs> this will come up again later. And I went in and just went about my business. So, all right, I, I guess I'll step in here. So my mentality was I, I saw Andrea walk into the men's room. I was like, okay, I'm going to give her crap for this, even though I don't know her. And so I was thinking either one, it would be a one-person bathroom and the door would be locked or two, there would be stalls, and I would just be in there, like, standing with my arms crossed, shaking my head, like, when she walks out of the stall. So I walk up to the door, and uh, our friend that was guarding the door is like, um, Andrea's in there. I'm like, yeah, I know that. And she was like, okay. And so I open up the door, and then there's Andrea hovering over the toilet, <laughs> pulling up her pants. <laughs> we just like make eye contact and I like quickly shut the door. And then we're like, later on, we're like, make eye contact like over the aisle or something in the convenience <laughs> store. 
And then I don't know when we like actually started speaking to each other after that. Yeah, well, here's the thing. We'd never spoken to each other before that. <laughs> so That's tough. It was a good start. You know, like once you've seen that, <laughs> there's just, you got to be friends. Friends instantly. Or well, never speak again. Yeah. Which wasn't really an option. So yeah, here we are. Man, oh man. And then uh, our second guest is her brother, Carl. Hello. Who uh, we did not have that kind of <laughs> experience. <laughs> we just don't have that chemistry, but that's all right. It's fine. Um, so I guess these questions are primarily for Andrea, but since Carl has grown up seeing Scooby-Doo too, he probably mm. has... I was immersed in the culture. Answers. Mm-hmm. Immersed in Rented culture. everything from Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very experienced. And then how were you... How are you guys introduced to Scooby-Doo? You just, like, saw it in the store? I actually don't know. Okay. I remember watching it at Ryan's house. Do you remember that? Yeah. Was that the first time? Maybe. I just remember it being, like, one of the few cartoons we were actually allowed to watch. Mm -hmm. So, and we didn't have cable. No, never. uh, Yeah. So, and at that point, Scooby-Doo was one of the, was it, was it ABC? Or which was it? Which was the channel? I don't know. I don't even remember, but. Might have been CW. Yeah, I think CW yeah. on Saturday CW morning. Yes. yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. That's right. And so there's only so much like Clifford and Dragon Tales that you can watch. Yeah. <laughs> CBS. Relatable. So far. Very relatable. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, Andrea, what's the first Scooby-Doo episode you ever saw? I could not tell you. I feel like it was probably one of the ones from the original series. Okay. Because that's what I remember. Like, that's my main memories growing up. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I feel I don't know the name of it, but it was the one with the the scuba diver, Ooh, the ghost diver, the yeah. glowing, oh, the ghost glowing diver, one, Captain yeah. Cutler. Yeah, um, that was the first one I remember. I've probably was, seen one before that, but that was the first one that stuck out to me. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. Um, favorite TV incarnation? I think the original. It's the one I have the most memories associated with. Same. Yep. Same. Least favorite TV incarnation? <laughs> That's hard to say. I feel like I haven't seen all the most recent ones. Yeah. Um, that one that was on a few years ago where, like, Velma and Shaggy have a weird romantic connection. Scooby-Doo so Mystery Incorporated? That. Yeah, maybe. I feel like it was good, but there were things about it that I did not love. What? Like, um, Velma and Shaggy's okay. romantic connection. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kind of Understandable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, similar opinions, Carl? Yeah, I mean, I just haven't, I don't think I've really, like, seriously watched Scooby-Doo since I was, like, 13 or 14, so, you know? Solid, solid. You know? That's why he's the uneducated. That's right. Philistine. The, the, the everyman. (laughs) Um, so, just the, (laughs) yeah. And, uh, since I always ask this, how do you guys know Manuela? I don't. Okay, (laughs) there we go. (laughs) Uh, Larger than life person. Mm-hmm. So with that, we will transition into our talk about the episode. But I can't find my soundbite that I <laughs> Andrew so was no! so dedicated. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> is this it? No. Oh, wait. Here it is. Awesome. All right. So our episode <laughs> is Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Episode 101, What a Night for a Night. Yes. Oh, I was just Oh, excited. number one. <laughs> no. Zero. So much Uno. anticipation. 
Yes. Um, would you like to give the premise of the episode, or should I? Uh, go for it. Uh, okay, so basically Shaggy and Scooby are, like, walking down a street uh, late at night, just getting back from watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, they sat through two showings of the same movie because Scooby was so into it. But then they stumble across a pickup truck with a knight behind the driver's seat, or behind yes. the steering wheel. That- <laughs> he was In the, the driver's seat. seat. Yes. Yes. Um, and they're like, what's this? And then uh, they're like, this is kind of weird. And so they got their friends, and uh, they're like, well, there's this note that says it's supposed to go to this museum. So they brought it there, and then the caretaker's like, oh my goodness. Um, there's like this uh, like legend associated with this knight that's called the Black Knight, and whenever the moon is full, he comes to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the professor that, or, yeah, professor <laughs> that was supposed to be delivering this knight, um, who was actually driving the pickup truck at the beginning of the episode. Yes. Uh, they had, like, a cutscene at the beginning where he saw the knight, like, pop up out of uh, the wooden box and, like, go after the professor. <laughs> and then the professor's mysteriously missing for the rest of the episode. Um, but the caretaker's like, uh, I think... Uh, the professor's disappearance has something to do with the night. And they're like, oh, um, okay. Um, <laughs> and then somewhere along the line, they're like, you know what? This is kind of sketchy. We're going to check out the museum. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have anything to add, you think? To the summary of the episode? Yeah. Just the Not really. Setup. I do wonder, like, are they supposed to be high school students? Are they supposed to be adults like what's so is there ever any context given daphne said uh at one point shaggy is the swinginest gymnast in school i do remember that i think that is the only time in the entire original series that they make a reference to school wow so yeah okay um Mm -hmm. so i'm assuming they're high school students Mm -hmm. and they're like upperclassmen because fred's driving (laughs) um fred's driving illegally (laughs) right I do have to say, for a gymnast, Shaggy does not have the body type that one would expect. No. Also, there was um, some... Hot take. (laughs) There was some skinny discrimination because they were like, you have to go through that small window. Oh, you're right. And they're like, Shaggy, you're the skinniest, so you have to do it. Body shaming. Yes, exactly. Reprehensible. Um, Yeah. And I don't know. So since this is the first ever episode mm-hmm. i think it'd be fun to do uh, a list of mystery ink firsts yes. see which one of us was able to record the most amount of firsts yeah for the franchise I in general have my notes right here okay and we're gonna <laughs> to mark off <laughs> we're gonna do it category style so if we have the same one we cross it off and it does not count and uh let's try and go in in order of how the episode took place Okay. If possible, but that should be fine because I took notes while I watched. Okay. Theoretically, that should work. <laughs> yes, that that would make sense. Yes. Um, so I have the first time that Scooby ever bonded with an animal on screen. Mm, the frog. Yes. Yes, I don't have that. Okay. <laughs> That's um, a good one. The should we go back and forth or is that gonna? That might be confusing, but let's do it anyway. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have the first time Shaggy makes an awful pun. Yes, I have that. <laughs> and also, I forgot that there was a laugh track on this show, which I know I texted you about, when uh, happened, yeah. but it was very surprising. <laughs> People are just like dying laughing. Yeah, he like, made an awful pun, and then there's just the most obnoxious laugh track I've ever heard. Wow. 
Um, I have the first dismissal by Velma of Shaggy's pun. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I don't have that. Okay. Wow. Um, oh, you go. Sorry. Okay. I have the first time Fred says, well, gang, looks like we got a mystery on our hands. Oh, I don't have that. That's good. Um, the first suspect. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Spill some water. Wait, that seems very obvious, first but suspect. it's fine. But I don't have that. There could be, you there could what? be an episode Take where there's it. no, there are episodes where there's no suspects. Andrew, I'm not fighting with you right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, you go. Um, the first Scooby-Doo, where are you? Like yes, that line. I have that. I feel like you're going to win. <laughs> um, I'm not yeah, feeling just, confident just at this point looking the at the difference in amount of notes taken. <laughs> well, we go ahead. It okay. might be a hot take, but I right. think Andrew's going to take this one. It's fine. The first disappearance. That's a good one. I do not have it. Okay. Uh, the first time Fred suggests splitting up. I have that. Great. Yes. I do have it. But do you have the first time... That Fred and Daphne go off together. Um, I I kind of like branched out and was like Daphne and I, you two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give it to you though. I'll give it to you. Thank you. Um, I have the first appearance of the mystery machine. See, these were things that I wasn't thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Every little detail, the whole I franchise. Know. Well, clearly, fifty plus years. <laughs> fifty plus <laughs> years. <laughs> That was the craziest thing. All right. Uh, the first time Velma loses her glasses. Yes. And the infamous I can't see without my glasses uh, <laughs> exposition. Oh, my goodness. Um, is that a two-parter? Two-for? Sure. It... Do you have both of them? Uh, I do. No. Then it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might be. Um, first breaking and entering encounter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, the first time that Velma blindly mistakes the bad guy for one of her friends. I do not have that. That's, That's a, good, a one. good one. She always does that. She does do that. Um, first, eye-moving painting slash statue. I have that. Oh. Boom. Boom roasted. <laughs> it's like two titans going at it right now. Yeah. Okay, the first time that Scooby hides in a flower pot or some kind of, like... Oh. Ceramic I, object. Yes. Because I feel like he does that a lot. Or like a trash can. Yes. Yeah, Big I do not have Scooby. that. That's a good one. Thank you. Uh, first Scooby snack. Oh, good one. I don't have that. Um, and then to follow up with that, the first Scooby snack negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. You can have two points for that one. <laughs> uh, um, I have the first chase song sequence. Ooh. But it doesn't... It's like a, an okay. instrumental, though. I... <laughs> I get where you're coming okay, from. Okay, so the first, what, like, musical interlude along with the chase scene? Okay. Can I take that? Um, yes, although I, I kind of have Okay, that. well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but uh, also no. <laughs> Let me adjust it instantly. <laughs> um, first, first time Scooby is scared of his shadow. <sighs> no. <clears throat> uh, first time Daphne picks the wrong door. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. First Thanks. unintentional separation of the group. Oh. When uh, Velma and Scooby are peeking around the corner mm-hmm. and Shaggy keeps watching or mm-hmm. walking. Um, first time Velma says, just as I thought. <laughs> I do not have that. That's <laughs> 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 um, 
First mention of finding clues. Oh, good. I have the first secret room. Ooh. Yeah, I don't have that. Um, first Scooby costume bit. He dressed up as the artist. Yeah, he does so many costume bits. Ew. So many bits. <laughs> <laughs> First off, ew. Oh man, is this? Are there any other characters that make uh, an appearance after the first episode besides like the actual game? Not like in the original. Characters? Not in the original series. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something that's nice about Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated because like, uh, like people like Don Knotts and Cass Elliot who are celebrities in cartoon form on the new Scooby-Doo movies, like, their, like, character, like, a cartoon image is, like, in the background, mm-hmm. um, and, like, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated and stuff like that. Um, I think that's interesting. But anyways, um, is it my turn or your turn? <coughs> Honestly, I've lost track. Okay, first use of Shaggy's ventriloquism skills. Ooh, no. Okay. I forgot that was a recurring theme. So that I feel like that was only like at the very beginning of the okay. series because I remember one other episode where it happened, but I don't think it's something that you like. It's a real renaissance man. Yes. yes. Quite <laughs> Gymnastics. Ventriloquism. <a> <laughs> what more could you want? He's quite a catch. Yeah. He's a, he's a guy. Um, oh, um, Scooby does something goofy at the end and makes everybody laugh. Okay. I kind of have that. I said first Scooby, per- <laughs> first time Scooby pretends to be ghost. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so I guess or like puts it. the mask on or something. Yes. Um, I also have first appearance of Sheriff. No. Okay. <laughs> so, because going back to that. Is it the same Sheriff every time? There's, depending on, uh, like, the town they're in. Because, like, whenever it's, like, an aquatic case, like, uh, oh Captain. <laughs> yeah, Captain Cutler, like, the ghost diver, and then mm-hmm. Redbeard. It's, like, the same, like, naval guard, like, officer. Oh. And then, like. I don't know if this was the sheriff that comes up a lot, but there's one sheriff that he appears mm-hmm. frequently. So there are I mean, recurring characters besides Scooby Shaggy, definitely. I forgot about that. He's the one recurring character. But they don't, like, treat him like a recurring character. Yeah, like, he doesn't have, like, a story arc or He anything. literally just says, thanks for catching the bad guy. Yeah, 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 and he, like, he doesn't think anything of it. It's like a... <laughs> These crazy know. kids. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, which is another thing about Mystery Incorporated, because the sheriff... Uh, What's his name? Bronson Stone or something like that. What? <laughs> um, he's like this like dynamic personality and he like he's like part of the show. Yeah. Um, nice. Uh, should we tally that up? Yeah. One, two, three. I got eight. Twelve. Well, <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> good game. Good game. <laughs> What's the game? <laughs> Uh, thanks. Um, additional commentary about the episode. You know, it's just, it's a classic. Like, everything that you want out of a Scooby-Doo episode is there. You have Scooby and Shaggy's hilarious hijinks. You got Fred being Fred. You got Daphne doing something kind of dumb. You got Velma being a know-it-all. <laughs> I mean, the gang's all there. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much to say. I I thought it was interesting when uh like in order to get into the building they had like a ladder like up against the building and then Fred pulls out a jack like oh, to yeah. like boost the ladder. Yeah. Well, is that the best way? <laughs> <laughs> Surely there are other options. Yeah. But 
And then, Fred's not the brightest either. <laughs> also a recurring theme. <laughs> Except they don't acknowledge it in this TV series. In this TV series, they're like, oh yeah, Fred, you got you got it's a like trap. Fearless leader. Yeah, they yeah. like don't question it. Whereas yeah. like in What's New Scooby Doo, they're like, Fred, That's you're kind of crazy. I do appreciate that in What's New Scooby Doo, they they become a little bit self aware. Uh huh. They, they kind of make fun of their previous iterations a little bit. Yeah, they do a good job nice. of that. But the the thing that I thought was interesting about, like, that scene where they're trying to break into the museum Mm -hmm. was, like, the back door of the mystery machine was open, and they have all these tools in it. Like, every episode, they make the back of the mystery machine whatever they want it to be. Like, in, I think it's the dog napper episode, it's, like, a mobile command center, and they have all these, like, computers back there. (laughs) But in this one, they have, like, a saw and rope and, like... A vacuum, like a yeah. car vacuum is Normal in there. high school kid stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's like they, they kind of just make it up as they go per episode. Yeah. Ever-changing. Um, other things that stood out to me in this episode. You know what? I do yes. have an observation. Okay. Whenever they find the weird glasses, which first of all, why are they just like on a statue? Yes. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Premise flaw. Second of all, when they like Google it, and they're like, these are worn by archaeologists. You mean when they looked it up at the book at the library? Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> 1969, go. <laughs> so, oh, you know what I meant. When they, when people used to do, like, with, like old people used to do. I don't know. Anyway. They Google it. We're moving past that. We're done. Uh, whenever they looked it up in the library, um, they were like, yeah, these are worn by archaeologists in England. Like, that's not... <laughs> I feel like certain things are not country-specific like that. Yeah, I was like, couldn't they just import the glasses? Right, like, like that doesn't mean it has to be from England. And also, if... Like, all right, um, spoiler, the only suspect that appeared in the episode was actually the the Dark Knight. Black Knight or Dark Knight? I should uh, know this. The Dark Knight. No, I'm pretty sure Black Knight. Black Knight. <laughs> <Dark Knight. laughs> I was like, what? It was Batman. That's old. Um so the the glasses though, like he could have if he was trying to hide them, he would not have like stuck them on a stone cougar or whatever. Right. He would have like thrown them in the trash can or like the dumpster behind yeah. the building. Where Scooby, like he was wandering through the museum and found them, and then that's that's why the gang like went back to the yeah, museum. Yeah, that's in the, the first only place. reason anything ever happened. Which is also kind of weird because knowing then they'd be like, "Oh, we're gonna stay and camp out," but right. they're like, "Oh, this guy disappeared." Okay, and <laughs> well, crazy. <laughs> and then it wasn't until they saw Scooby had the glasses on that they're like, "Oh, we a should <laughs> we should look into this." Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Where does this all take place again? Um, it's super unclear. Did so they ever say? I. I looked it up because I've been wondering about this. Like the live action movies, they call their hometown Coolsville, which I think is in Ohio. But it wasn't until a pup named Scooby-Doo in like the early 90s that they like referred to their town as Coolsville. Mm, I see. So I don't know. And then. Wait, that's a real place? No, it's it's fictional. But fictionally in Ohio. Yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I might be spouting nonsense. Yeah, that's fine. You know, you can. Oh, another point. If this is in a small town in Ohio, there's a lot of stuff in this museum. Like, giant dinosaur skeletons, Egyptian mummies. How does this small town have all these things? Maybe they're near a metropolitan area. In Ohio? Which one? Dayton. Uh, Yeah, Dayton. Dayton, Ohio. (laughs) They got a lot of important history. Some some pharaohs, they guess. That's right, that's right. Yeah. 
Um, oh yeah, I was wondering. So when uh, they discovered, they went to the secret room and they saw the paint, like the duplicate paintings. Oh yeah. Um, like Fred and Velma like pieced it together, and Shaggy's like, I don't get it, and then Freddy's like, No time to explain. Yeah. <laughs> and so I like made a note like. Shaggy and Scooby are the only ones that don't know anything that's going on. Yeah. But true. then I was like, actually, Daphne didn't say anything. So maybe she's just being quiet and not. You never can tell with Daphne. I know. She's a wild card. She is a wild card. <laughs> um, so it's still up in the air whether or not at this point in the series she's like on the up and up. Or... Right. Where she stands. Yes. Does that lead us into um, MVP liability? I think it does. What a nice segue. MVP mm. Beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> hand part time. Um, <laughs> you guys missed it. Um, so the most valuable player mm-hmm. this episode, I I said Shaggy. Did you? Yes, because he's the one who got them into the museum in the first That's place. That's true. And then also, um, he's the one like he attempted to lure the night away when they are all like trapped in that one exhibit, and mm-hmm. then he used his ventriloquism skills to. Those are some good points. Yes. Who would uh, you say? I chose Velma for this one. Okay. Purely because, as per usual, she's the one who kind of solved the mystery. Uh-huh. Like, came, actually interpreted the clues to come to a useful conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, no other reason beyond that. I actually like your reasonings for Shaggy a lot better. <laughs> okay. That's interesting that you say that because... I actually pick Velma as the liability. No, she, okay. <laughs> she did make some pretty big blunders at a couple of points. So she she let Shaggy out of her sight. And, <laughs> Which you never do. Yes, don't. That's why Fred put you with Shaggy was to keep an eye on him. Right. And then second, uh, the medicine incident, she was like, she heard the night like growling and she was like, oh, Shaggy, you have a terrible cold. I'm going to give you oh, cough yeah. medicine. That was ridiculous. So it's like. But get this, it's like, she still has her glasses off, and it's like, she's blind enough that she can't see that the knight is not shaggy, but she can still see to, like, pour cough medicine onto a spoon. <laughs> yeah, I was like, some um, just like, like some common sense was stuff it? missing there. Priorities. I don't know. <laughs> Priorities. And it was a toss-up, though, I was like, maybe it should be Daphne, but Daphne's the one that found the, the red paint. Yeah. So I was like, hmm. I feel like Daphne oh. was the first one who, like, investigated the truck also. And oh, was you're like, right. We should look into it. Yeah, because she found the note that mm-hmm. said it was going to the museum. Yeah. Who did you say was the liability? I think I picked Scooby. Okay. Yeah. He didn't really do anything super useful in this episode. He kind of just got in the way. Aside from finding the glasses. Mm-hmm. Which seemed to be pure happenstance. Happenstance. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> also, before we close this segment out, we should do, uh, it was formerly called the Glitch Tracker, which was just a uh, me having a lack of creativity. <laughs> and uh, Andrea came up with the nice idea of calling it Oopsie Poopsies, which I really like. So <laughs> I gave no thought to that whatsoever. <laughs> I think you're like joking, but I was yeah, like, no, I, was like, I actually really like that. Let's call it Oopsie Poopsies. And you're like, yes, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. Um... So, which is the errors in the episode, and... Scoopsie poopsies. Scoopsies poopsies? Scooby poopsies? Scooby poopsies. <laughs> Scooby poops. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, let's stick to the original. Man, too bad this isn't like a like a visual program because then we could like do some like cartoon of like Shaggy picking up Scooby's poop and stuff. You know? <laughs> man, that, that is that's, that's, that's a real shame. <laughs> yeah, that's what a bummer, you guys. Why why we pick a podcast as our format? I don't know. Just too much it's, physical comedy going on in this room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I. There were three things that stood out to me. You said you there weren't any, like you weren't keeping track really. So. No, I kind of forgot about it. Okay. So I'll just rattle them on. Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> Call that an oopsie poopsie. One oopsie poopsie for Andrea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first one is Velma's lips don't move when she makes a comment about the destination of the night. Oh. When they're all staying around the pickup truck, Daphne's like, oh, it's supposed to go here. Mm-hmm. And Velma's talking, but her lips don't move. And then... Uh, when Velma's pouring the cough medicine, she does not have her glasses on, but then Shaggy runs up to her and she's holding out the spoon with her glasses on and she sticks the spoon in his mouth. And then they like keep on going as if like nothing changed. Like she would hear. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, the feather was missing from the knight's helmet when Daphne picked the back door. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, um, it was there initially, but then it was like a commercial break. And then when it cut back to the mm-hmm. scene, they're like staring at it and it's just, that you know, good call. He was bold and, uh, like that. so that brings us to the Velma voice actresses through the years. This is a, uh, a more interesting segment out of all the, like the five main characters on the TV series. Velma is the one who's had the most, uh, different voice actors. So, um, and we have some bad ones. <laughs> So this should be interesting. Um, I'm just going to rattle them off for you. Okay. And um, we can comment. Should we, do you want to comment after each one specifically or do you have a preference? Yes, because I won't be able to remember them all. Okay. All right. So this one is Nicole Jaffe. (laughs) That cannot be right. (laughs) Jaffe? I like Jaffe. Jaffe. Okay. Nicole Jaffe. From the original TV series and the following series. I'll say, since he was the last one to leave the bank every day, he would just fill his briefcase with money, beat off the safe, and leave the bank as usual. Then, later that night, he would return disguised as the creeper and make it appear that some sort of a phantom was robbing the bank. Mm-hmm. I like that voice actress. I, yeah, I can already tell you that's going to be my favorite. You think of Velma, that's going to be Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... And it's interesting because I think... I might even like the modern voice actress, like, better now. Mm-hmm. But, like, e- even so, it's, like, very close because, like, classic Velma, like, that's, that's yeah. my number one. Pick. So I feel like the problem that all the future actors are going to run into is that her voice is so unique. Mm-hmm. And if they try to imitate it, they're going to come off very annoying. Which I feel like is about to happen. It, it is about to happen. <laughs> but also what I don't like is, um, and I think you're like kind of getting at this, was like they kind of like go after her intellectual aspect of her personality. Yeah, very nasally. Yes. Yeah. Um, whereas like that was a soft voice. That was kind of mm-hmm. like a sweet, soft voice. Yeah. Um, she was smart, but it wasn't like overly intellectual sounding or nasally. Yeah. All right. This is Pat Stevens. A hidden tape recorder. Jinkies, mm-hmm. that's oh. it. Come on, we've got to find Shaggy and the dogs, and then catch us a devil bear. A devil, devil bear. bear. <laughs> she just kind of sounded bored. Okay, that was a little breathy for me. Okay. Um. All right, this is the worst one right now. Marla Frumpkin. 
What is that her real Who? name? Yes. <laughs> also, well, <laughs> actually, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I just all right. This poor woman. Get ready. I, let me see that. I found it at the Minipoise throne, Velma. Maybe we should take a closer look at those ruins, especially that throne. <laughs> <laughs> especially Jeez, that throne. So every third syllable <laughs> is like Whoa! up to the stratosphere. <laughs> it's like they picked a random woman off the street. <laughs> no, no voice acting experience yeah. whatsoever. You can tell. Especially <laughs> uh, like really bad voice actors in like a Nancy Drew game. Or All right, so get it's this. Locked. It's locked. It's <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. The, so she ended up replacing the voice actress before this, like mid-season. Like for some reason, Pat Stevens left. Marla Frumpkin uh, came in. Sounds dramatic. It's kind of like an emergency like replacement. Oh, that makes sense. But get this: Marla Frumpkin only did four. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> she's mocking me right now. Uh, Marla Frumpkin only did four episodes, and then the last episode of this TV series, um, Velma appeared but did not speak. <laughs> so it's basically like, Marla, you're not cutting it. Um, <laughs> Marla, you gotta go. Yeah. Marla did her best. Did she? I don't know. Uh, I don't know Marla personally. Uh, she's probably a nice lady. She's well, not cut yeah. out for voice acting, <laughs> yeah. which is fair enough. Um, next we have... BJ Ward, who did Velma um, in the Cartoon Network specials like uh, Bravo Doobie Doo. And then uh, the movies where the monsters were real, like Witch's Ghost and Cyber Chase. Okay. Yeah, he was printing millions of counterfeit dollars in the basement with his printing press. What we originally thought was mold was really green ink. Yeah, not a fan. Well, I don't know what bad, it is. Though. It's not the worst, but I don't I don't know what it is oh, about no. it. But I, I mean, don't it's love just because it. it's not the original. Yeah. Yeah, I it's not my favorite Velma, but like I think especially during this time period, for some reason the voice actors like they just had a really bad batch. Yeah, like I didn't care for the um, Scooby Shaggy or Daphne voice actors during this time. Yeah, and like this wasn't my favorite, but I think she did a better job than some of those people. Well, certainly better than Marla. <laughs> God bless her. <laughs> God bless Marla. Marla doesn't even show up uh, when you Google. Velma voice actors so <laughs> those four, four episodes, episodes weren't enough <laughs> that's tough <laughs> all right and then here we have mindy khan who came on in 2002 for what's new scooby-doo up mm-hmm. through the end of mystery incorporated if everything pointed to terry who wanted to make sure no one really got hurt yes yeah i have to say i think that's the closest to the original that yeah. they've had yeah, I also it's funny because that's kind of when Velma's personality began to change a little bit, and she mm-hmm. got like really sassy yeah, and would have yeah. like these witty lines, <laughs> which I appreciate. Um, yeah, I appreciate the sassy Velma. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, let me go back a bit because I actually cut off um, part of that. Once Sam confirmed that the sabotage rides were still safe, everything pointed to Terry. Okay. Sorry. To Terry. Terry. Everything pointed to no. Terry. <laughs> um, so then the the current voice actress for Velma, I do not like at all. Uh, Kate Micucci. I haven't even heard this clip yet, and I already know I don't like her voice. And here we go. Okay, Elias no. Kingston University, built no. around the original Kingston Manor. Six no. main structures dating from the 18th uh, to the mid-20th like century. Architecture, mixed late Gothic and Jacobean. The you said she sounds too smart. She sounds too like she's trying too hard to sound. The smart. thing is, though, that's actually what the actress's voice sounds like when yeah. she's just being normal, which is too bad. That's What's tough. that show that she's on? 
She's been Raising on a few Hope. shows. Yes, that's mm-hmm. the one I was thinking of. Yeah. I can only ever picture her character from that show. Yeah, so I... Yeah. Uh, you're, do you want to do favorites right now, or should we run through them all? I think I can do favorites now. Okay. So, number one, I'm not going to rank them all, because... Right, right, that'd be a lot. Work. Yeah. But number one is definitely the original. I think number two is going to be Mindy. Okay. I think she did a good job. Gotcha. And I like the Velma character while she was voicing her. Agreed. I I think I would have to... I might say Mindy for number one, but Nicole Jaffe is, <laughs> is a close second. Um, I, I almost think maybe I should do like two separate categories, like modern and original. Yeah, it's Because like the compare. original is just like so great, but yeah. then the modern, it's it's easy to mess up. Yeah, I feel like I would like, always choose the original for mm-hmm. each yeah, character. Yeah, that's, that's what all the... Yeah, what it's are being based yeah, 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 so very true. And then uh, Pat Stevens, the the second film, doesn't bother me a whole lot. Right, I was going to say that. Uh, let's do one last run through. Here is Nicole Jaffe. I'll say, since he was the last one to leave the bank every day, he would just fill his briefcase with money, read off the safe, and leave the bank as usual. Then later that night. He would return disguised as the creeper and make it appear that some sort of a phantom was robbing the bank. And then we have Pat Stevens. A hidden tape recorder. Jinkies, that's it. Come on, we've got to find Shaggy and the dogs and then catch us a devil bear. <laughs> Our favorite, Marla Frumpkin. I, let me see that. I found it at the Minipoy's <clears throat> throne, though. Also this guy. <laughs> Maybe we should take a closer look at those ruins, especially that throne. Yeah, we don't talk about Scrappy. Especially that <laughs> BJ Ward. Yeah, he was printing millions of counterfeit dollars in the basement with his printing press. What we originally thought was mold was really green ink. Mindy Kahn. Once Sam confirmed that the sabotage rides were still safe, Everything pointed to Terry, who wanted to make sure no one really got hurt. And Kate Micucci. Okay, Elias Kingston University, built around the original Kingston Manor. Six main structures dating from the 18th to the mid-20th century. Yeah. I can hardly even picture Velma with that voice. And it's sad, though, because I think that's what people, like, visualize Velma as. Like, they... Upsetting. Yeah. Also... May I ask, your notes say including Lego shorts, and I don't know what that means. There's like, uh-huh. uh, so you know how they have Scooby-Doo Legos? They would oh. do like little minis, and now oh. they even have a Lego. few Scooby-Doo Lego okay. movies. Lego short films. Yes, like that five minute sense. things. So like when I saw the word shorts, I was just thinking like short pants. She designed them. She's really also a fashion shorts. designer. <laughs> Including Lego shorts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we can move on though. Solid, solid. I believe next on our agenda is the uh, the ranking of three very uh, well done Scooby Doo films. Yes. This, I, if there were a golden age of direct two Scooby Doo movies, this would be it. This would be it. Um, these movies are back to back, with the exception of one. We're doing Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase, mm-hmm. two thousand one. Scooby Doo and the Legend of the Vampire, uh, two thousand two, I believe. Um, and then this was followed by Monster Mexico, which we are not doing. And then following that is Scooby-Doo and the Loch Ness Monster. These three movies also represent different styles of mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo movies. Um, Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase is a part of the four-movie canon where 
Um, everyone's kind of dressed. <laughs> you guys are enjoying this, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> the character designs are a little bit different. Fred and Daphne kind of have a semi-romantic relationship, but not explicitly. I was point that out. Um, <laughs> kind of spicy. Voice <laughs> kind of spicy. Can you not chew on your straw right now? Right. <laughs> Just like hear Carl like chomping <laughs> on a straw. Um, the monsters are real. That's like very different. Yes. This is what helped revive the franchise too in the late 90s. Uh, moving to Scooby-Doo and the Legend of the Vampire. They go to um, the original format, the original character design of um, their 1960s clothes, and um, also like the original like background music. And uh, I was going to say something else, but yeah, just man a mask format. Mm-hmm. And Scooby Doo and the Loch Ness Monster goes into the what's new Scooby Doo style, where um, more self aware Scooby Doo and the Legend of the Vampire was self aware also, but mm-hmm. uh, Loch Ness Monster was even more so, and just. That sense of humor and mm-hmm. and things like that. So jumping right into it, um, talk Scooby Doo and the Cypher Chase. All right, we're good. <laughs> I thought I heard a knocking. A knock at the door. A knock. Um, yes. So do we want to start with the ranking or start with general observation? We're starting with ranking. Uh, let's start with general observation. Oh, Switch great. Up a bit. I don't know if that's okay. That is okay. Some general. General observation number one. Eric, very attractive for a cartoon man. <laughs> Dang. Actually... Seems smart. Seems nice. Maybe Wait, should we do the the ranking first? Because that gives a background. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking that we... But, no, that was the most important thing to get out on the table. Oh, now okay. that that's done, we can go back <laughs> That's to all that. we need to discuss. Yeah. For the... <laughs> Next movie. <laughs> very attractive. Check out this for air fry. a cartoon man. I clarify no. uh, college student did. cartoon college student perhaps grad student mm, i would perhaps. like to think he's a, in grad school mm-hmm. it makes me feel better <laughs> so the premise of this movie was there's this virus that was created in a video game also mm-hmm. well we can get to it it was creating a video game and then there, there's this laser in this laboratory on a college campus where um, it can either transport real objects into the digital world or it can bring digital things out into the real world. Yes. Which, by the way, brief observation, this lab, it is so unclear to me what the lab does. Like, I don't, there's, they (laughs) talk about these computer games, which is, you only ever see two students in the lab and then their mad scientist professor (laughs) guy who I guess is watching over their projects. (laughs) That's another thing. We'll get to him later. But... Very then qualified. there's the only two students you ever see in the lab. There's just like aisles and aisles of like files. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And then some computers and a laser. And then at, when they first <laughs> enter the lab, Scooby and Shaggy like run into a tomato plant. And they're like, careful, that tomato plant is radioactive or yeah. something. And I those two are just very different scientific pursuits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. But... The the good thing is their uh, mad scientist professor is hilarious. Yeah, he's the best part. <laughs> um, wait, I got a I got a sound bite. Yes. Wait for this. <laughs> That's when the laser got turned on. <laughs> but um, there's, um, there's also this uh, semi dramatic part. This virus is a threat to the entire world. <laughs> the entire world. The entire world. <laughs> Um, also, uh, we, one of our rankings for the movie is, or for each movie is Daphne's hair, mm-hmm. but, um, 
We should just do that one right now. Yeah, gotta be honest, I'm giving it one star in this movie. Yeah. It's not great. But Professor Kaufman's hair is a six, six out of five. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask you all to pause right now and look it up. I don't know how you'll look it up. Just like, I don't know, Cyber Chase, yeah. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase, Professor Kaufman. Professor Hair. Vo- voluminous white it's hair. Incredible. <laughs> Has a nice mustache too. It does. Um, so that's the first ranking done out of the way. Daphne, one star. Professor, mm-hmm. six stars. Her hair's like red. Like it's too red, red. red. Yeah. And yeah. it's her little, what do you call the little bun thing or like how it, the puff? But like the, the Disney princess. Yes. Front puff. Yeah. The front puff. <laughs> some kind of it's jacket. Uh, the yeah. bangs. It's yeah. Lacking. Her outfit is not great either, but we'll get to that, I think. Yes. <laughs> um, For the uh, premise realism with uh, just, like, the likelihood of, like, this laser the thing, likelihood? the virus. Okay. Well, let's be honest, everybody. This one is so far-fetched. <laughs> like, you, first of all, that there exists a laser that can change digital things into real things, and vice versa, has and only ever happened in Willy Wonka, and no other time. <laughs> and also the fact that that would just be on some random college campus. Yeah, that this, like, guy invented this thing and it's not, like, a big deal. It's just in a lab somewhere on a college campus. An unidentified college yeah, I, campus. Yeah, I went back and looked. It's called State University. <laughs> <laughs> That's sense. legendary. That feels right. Yes. Um, side note, though. Very accurate representation of parking. Um, like, what? Security parking? Guards? No. Oh. <laughs> so, like, campus parking officers. Hmm. That's what this guy is. Just really on a power trip, thinks yep. he's way more important than he is. Yes, I did not get a soundbite of him, but he like gave them a lecture and was like mm. giving them trouble about having a dog on campus. Yeah, and, and Scooby did his classic, a dog? Where? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hilarious every time. Yeah, what um, a dog. Back to premise realism, though. I'm going to give it like one or two stars. Like, it's just not great. And then once the virus, it's so unclear to me what the virus is. Like, I was it's confused. Just, it's like massive electricity. But then it's also, like, a, he's very tangible because they, like, slam him into a wall and, like, yeah. touches people. And he, like, makes, like, numbers, like, float off of computer screens and, like, yeah. kind the of data. trap people. <laughs> yeah, the data. The data. <laughs> um, or then, like, this, like, desk phone, like, the wires pop out of it and, like, grab someone's arm. Yeah, so arm. does he control technology, electricity? Like, what's his deal? Yeah. And then he, like, throws balls of electricity in, yeah. at the end. Yeah. Does and he throw the balls of electricity in the game or in the outside? game and I think outside of the outside? I think does he, he do... does. I feel I like he does. He does. Mm. I don't know. Fact check. Fact check. <laughs> um but there is something else about him that I was thinking of. Um he mm, I'm gonna have to jump back to it, I guess. But he uh Oh yeah. So was he at first I thought he was like part of the level because their friend, Mystery Inc.'s friend Eric, like designed this like the ten level, yeah, the <laughs> Andrea's favorite, the, this ten level like uh, Scooby Doo video game where like you encounter monsters each level, mm-hmm. and I just assumed initially that the virus is who he created like as the boss on level ten, right? But in the opening scene, they were like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, and also mm-hmm. when they get uh, the gang gets sucked into the video game. And they meet their cyber counterparts. They're like, we don't know anything about a virus. Yeah. Because the but... virus gets sucked into the game with them. Okay. So the... Col- it was an accident, I think. Okay. So the guy that, like, the villain that, like, let the virus out and all that, he's the one that like, yeah. created you. Okay. Yeah. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I gave premise realism a one out of five as well. Yeah, not great. Yeah. Um, villain's motivation. Spoiler. It yeah. was the <clears throat> other college student, mm-hmm. Eric's friend, Bill. Nice middle-aged Classic. male names yeah. for <laughs> college students. He was Bill. a ginger. I'm not saying that's why, but that stuff. I don't know. Who <laughs> love baseball. Yeah. Love uh, baseball guy. Who doesn't? I, Who doesn't love baseball? So basically, <laughs> Carl represented every man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he was the college student that was jealous that his friend, two years his junior, got picked uh, for the symposium project mm-hmm. or science fair thing. And not himself. He was trying to scare Eric away so that he couldn't participate or that he would withdraw his I guess game. Well, see, I, that's I don't feel like the motivation really makes sense to me either. Okay. So I think I gave it maybe like two and a half stars. I actually gave it four because out of these three movies, I think it had like the better motive. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I mean, to be fair, none of them have great explanations for why any of these things happen. Mm -hmm. But I don't really understand. I guess I understand his like motivation behind it, but I don't really understand the way he chooses to go about it. Okay. So. Gotcha. It doesn't really make sense to me for him to create this horrible virus that the professor says could take down the entire world. (laughs) The entire world. Just to scare away his like competitor. Yeah. In the university. Like, it seems like kind of an overreaction to me. And I don't yeah. really see how, like, creating this virus and releasing it into the world was going to only specifically affect one person. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like it would be way more destructive than necessary. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if he had created this thing, uh, he could have, like... I mean, if he was that smart... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I got There you. were better ways for him to prove himself. Yeah. He had better options. Yeah. Um. In general... Uh, just like talking about the movie in general, what um, what things stood out to you or um, things you thought were fun? I thought, so this movie and in one of the other movies, they they focused on safety and I appreciated that. They, there's a oh scene where they're in the mystery machine and you could see that they're wearing their seatbelts. Oh my and that's God. That's not normal. That's a detail that you can very easily skip. Mm-hmm. And wow. they prioritized it, and I applaud them for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's another point. This is kind of irrelevant to what you were just saying, so sorry for completely changing the topic. But why do magnets affect the virus? The virus. Yeah. I, he's made, they said he was made of electromagnetic energy. Okay. <laughs> That's a stretch. I don't really. First of all, it's like don't question it. I'm not going like to pretend science. I know what that don't, means, yeah. <laughs> but I just don't really understand why magnets would affect him. Yeah. That's fine. You could pick apart every single Scooby Doo movie. Also, there was a moment early on when the gang split up, and Fred was like, "Daphne and I will go this way, and then the rest of you go this way." And Shaggy said, "Do we ever split up any other way?" And I was like, "Nice." Mm. <laughs> Self awareness. Yeah. A there meta we go. Reference there. Is that the first? Time that anyone's mentioned the fact that they split up a certain way. Did they ever address that previously? I don't know. Like within the show itself. Yeah, within the show, I would say no. I don't know if in any of those movies like Witch's Ghost or Alien Invaders if they did, because I'm not as familiar with those. Yeah. Three or Zombie Island, but that may have very well been the first time. Because mm-hmm. then they and like what's new Scooby Doo, they made jokes about it a lot. Yeah. Um, they. Um. 
Oh, we have a. I have a soundbite of uh, oh. Fred and Daphne. Great. Yes, yes. Give me your jacket. But I just bought this. Classic Daphne. Yes, that wasn't as long as I thought it was. But basically, <laughs> the what it cut off too soon. But Velma's like Daphne. Like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, Okay, I guess I'll give it to yeah. you. <laughs> For that um, weird moment when Fred tries to bullfight with a lion. With a purple jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. Um, also, this scene and like one other scene at some point in this movie, I think. Fred and Daphne, tension. It's there. Mm-hmm. She kisses him on the cheek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, also when spicy. they... Spicy. <laughs> the, when the phantom virus like reveals like the skeleton gladiators and the lion... Like Shaggy and Scooby are holding each other, Fred and Daphne are holding hands, yeah. and Velma's holding her own yes. hands. <laughs> that might be the most Which tragic moment in the entire series. Relatable. Just, <laughs> just clutching each yeah. other. Um, they're an interesting, like probably the best part of the whole movie is how they meet their cyber doubles. Yes. So I love like their their nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um, you. Yep. Um, you quiet. <laughs> Can you um shut up? Thanks. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Just, sorry about a, that, everybody. Just a filthy casual over here. <laughs> just <an> everyday citizen. <laughs> just Classic. trying to talk about Ruining everything. Um, yes, and I also... And, excuse me. I also like how they bring back villains from all these like old episodes. Because mm-hmm. I recognize all of them. And I remember most of the episodes. Like, I remember the Creeper. Um, I remember the Gator, I'm pretty sure. The Tin Monster. Yeah. Uh, uh, old Iron Face. T- tar, yes. Yeah. Oh, Tar Monster, yes. Yeah. yeah. The Tin Guy, Iron Face, whatever, Ooh. and Tar Monster. Ooh, and I do have a soundbite for this. <laughs> Man, you guys know some strange people. <laughs> it's like every villain we've ever faced is here. Or more like 2%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so five. Someone has like five. Some short-term memory loss or yeah. something going on. <laughs> every villain we ever faced. You all have like one villain a week. Um... I thought it was noticeable, like the two Daphnes, like Cyber Daphne was definitely more ditzy yes, and I was uh, gonna say that. less resourceful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. She did literally nothing. Mm-hmm. And she had her, basically her only scene was her looking at a mirror in a fun house and being worried because she looked fat. Yes. <laughs> Which is upsetting. <laughs> Very upsetting. <laughs> um, I think this was also, like, the time where Daphne, like, they first started making her more resourceful. Yeah. Like, on one of the levels, there was, like, this skeleton guy that was, like, about to, like... Mm-hmm. The get... rake. The yes. moment where she, like... She's twirling it around, doing some serious, like, karate mm-hmm. stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Fred lost. Right. Yes. Like, he was right battling. before that. Yeah. The guy beat up Fred. Mm-hmm. And then Daphne took over. And that's something that, like, A Daphne... A feminist icon. Yes. That's, like, something she's well-known for now is being, like, really resourceful. Yeah. Um... It so all that's, started in Cyberchase. Yes. All the good stuff started in Cyberchase. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one big throwback. <laughs> um, who would you say is the MVP in this movie? Can I make two more observations first? I, I'm sorry. I'm jumping around. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I deeply apologize. No, no. You're good. I'm loving it. <clears throat> um, I'm sorry. Number one, I don't really understand, like, so Eric can program Scooby Snacks in and out of the game. Mm-hmm. But he can't, like, they have to still play through the whole game. So, like, he designed this game, but there's no way that he can, like, design, like, make things easier or, like, yeah. design, like, get them back out. Like, he's like, no, they're going to have to play through all the way. Yeah. Why? I don't, I don't know if we specify this or not, but basically, like, they're chasing the phantom virus in the real world and then they all crash into each other. 
then someone turns on the laser yeah. and has it point at them and they get sucked into the game. Yeah, so they start um, on the first level and then mm-hmm. for whatever reason it's decided that they have to play through all ten levels. And yeah. then it still it doesn't really make sense to me again why winning the game at the end destroys the virus. Yeah, I didn't because get that either. Because he's not associated with right. the Right, that's why I was so confused about whether or not Eric created him. Right. Yeah. Which I think he didn't. No. But it just doesn't really make sense that winning the game would also destroy the virus. Yeah. You know, so that was... Premise realism, yeah. not great. Um, Quite poor. Yes, now we may move on. Okay, MVP. <laughs> uh, yes, MVP... Give me one second to pull up my notes. Oh, okay, Cyber Scooby. Same. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. He's... He's, he's like way braver so much, than real Yeah, Scooby. he's a lot more brave. Um, and there was, I can't think of a specific scene, but there was something he did that was like, he's more intelligent too. Like, he mm-hmm. seemed to be more smart. Um, well, at the end when, like, they're going for the Scooby Snacks and real Scooby is just crawling at a sales yeah. pace. Even like, though, like, the Phantom Virus was, like... distracted. Yeah, yeah. If he like, had just sprinted for it, they could have avoided that entire battle sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, he, he wasn't even just distracted, like, he was stuck, because Fred was in his face holding yeah. a magnet in his face, and so he, like, was frozen, he couldn't move. Yeah. And Scooby's just, like, still, like, crawling back and forth behind things, hiding. hmm So, Scooby, Idiot. real Scooby was the liability in this episode. Yeah. Um, I also said Cyber Daphne, because she did nothing helpful. <laughs> she wasn't also necessarily, like, a liability, she was kind of there. <laughs> just, just a net, even. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Um... <laughs> Should we uh, do the actual letter rating at the end after we do all three movies? Yes. Okay. Let's jump on to Scooby-Doo and the Legend of the Vampire. Excellent. Um, Premise realism. Basically, there's this uh, rock concert that goes on, or like festival that goes on in uh, rural Australia every year. The Outback. The Outback. Basically, the Australian Burning Man. Which the first time I made that reference, nobody understood it. My apologies. <laughs> did you look it up? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably don't. Okay. <laughs> um, but basically, it's uh, what ended up happening was there was this band who um, performed last year and got third place. They're really mad, so they're like, "We're gonna hide in the in the mountains and mysteriously disappear, <laughs> and uh, we'll come back next year Works and every time. and uh, like make this grand appearance." While also capitalizing on this local legend of this vampire called the Yaoi Yahoo <laughs> and say, let people believe that we were turned into vampires by this legend. Right. Um, and then we'll like, then they ended up like coming back and kidnapping uh, the acts from the current year's uh, mm-hmm. festival and turning them into vampires. Right. Um, but do you have any On premise realism? Yes. So objectively like the realistic possibility of this villain being a real thing like mm-hmm. their explanation for how it happened is way more realistic than cyber chase mm-hmm. um but it like the timeline doesn't super make sense to me and then spoiler alert but like the people behind it are also kind of confusing there's like a double reveal yeah i don't know it's a little it's a little much for me. You, you say, like, them hiding in the mountains for a year is a little too excessive. Yeah, and the part where... So, which one... 
Which one is the guy running the thing? Is it Daniel or Russell? Russell. Okay. No, it's Daniel because Russell's the... Or, yeah, well, they were like co-directors. Right. So that's the thing. And then Russell ends up being one of the bad guys. Mm-hmm. So I... So they make it seem like Daniel and Russell have been friends for a long time and have been co-founding this event, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense if one of them has been, was in the band last year. Yeah. Because you would think they would know that. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. So either this has been planned for a very long time, which doesn't make sense because their motivation was that they lost last year, which yeah. is only one year ago. I don't and know. It was also weird, too, because when they were explaining everything... Um, Something said at the beginning of the film was once you've competed, you can't enter again. Right. But then, like, when they were ex- the bad guys were explaining, like, their thought process, they're like, yes, so we went and hid in the mountains, and then we did this and this, but then we remembered that we couldn't re-enter the contest. <laughs> Which like, seems Wait. to be a pretty basic premise of the contest. <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, basically what happened at the end of the episode, though, was they had the three vampires... And they hose them down. Yeah. And then they're like, who are these people? And then... And then they take the masks off. Yeah, yeah. And then they put makeup back on. Specifically, Daphne puts their makeup back on. Their full makeup with a mascara wand. Oh, Oh, yes. (laughs) A single mascara wand. She does, like, full kiss-style makeup. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Resourceful. Very resourceful. (laughs) The new Daphne. Yeah. Um... Something something remarkable about this movie <laughs> was... It's an antique. <laughs> Carl, like a normal person. Go on. <laughs> Carl is restless. <laughs> I think that means that we're going long. Uh, it's fine. Are we in an hour? Oh my goodness. Keep going. Yes, this is so great. I'm so excited, you guys. No one's going to listen to this. No. <laughs> they turned it off 40 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> they turned it off the first time you mentioned the four movie canon. You know what? Canon. I'm having a great time. Let's keep going. Oh, this is so good. So, um, one of the interesting things about this movie was I think this is the first time that they had like recurring characters because they brought the Hex Girls. Yes, back. and mm-hmm. I love the Hex Girls. Yes, they're quite notable. Yeah, and they they first appear in Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost a few years earlier, mm-hmm. and since then they've ap- appeared in a few other. Yeah. Uh, TV episodes. So I think you can safely say they're the first recurring characters um, in the Scooby franchise. And um, let's see. Going, I, I want to play one clip real fast mm-hmm. of um, Fred not being very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. We gotta get a look inside. How are we gonna do that? We need to lure it out. And I've got a plan. Fred. Fred. <laughs> Just, yeah. Classic Fred. He got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know in what world he thought Daphne could be an Aboriginal. <laughs> Pale, red hair. Yeah, classic Aboriginal uh-huh. medicine woman. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else like really notable that I should say about this film. What, what do you think? What would you say? 
I mean, aside from the ranking. Yes. No, I think we'll get to it with the ranking. Okay. Um, Daphne's hair was a four out of five. It was much better. Four. More of the natural orangish color. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. More flowy, but still not like 100%. Yeah. A-okay. Not her best, but up there. Not her best Australia life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Villain's motivation. Kind of touched on this. I gave it a three out of five. Okay. I was like between a three and a four. Okay. I kind of get it. Again, I don't necessarily think that the way they went about it makes sense, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the general idea of like being angry about not winning a contest and wanting to get revenge on the contest slash being jealous of new people who would take the glory. That makes sense to me. Um, MVP. I I wrote Daphne or Scooby. I feel like Daphne had a a couple good moments in this movie. Um, As did Scooby. And I honestly don't remember why I picked those. Yeah, she... Like, there was that time where she, like, got cornered by the vampire and she, like, escaped. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think old Daphne would have, like... Like, they would have had to go rescue her. Yeah. Um, And then, like... Yeah, there were, like, situations where she, like, came out on top and was, like, really observant and stuff. I picked Scooby for MVP solely because of the, like, his dog tag, like, destroying the, yeah. the hologram. That is what I, yeah. I think that now that I'm which, remembering, that's why I, Scooby was my other choice. Which was kind of ridiculous because in the end you find out that, like, Fred and Velma had known for a while that it was a hologram. <laughs> but they were, like, acting all scared and stuff, like, just, like, 20 minutes earlier when, yeah. like, the wind was blowing I mean, and stuff like that. Inconsistencies. <sighs> yeah, so... That, I made Fred the liability partially because of the medicine woman thing, but yeah. also <laughs> just, just wildly <clears throat> racist. <laughs> it's fine. It's just Fred being Fred. <laughs> just Fred being Fred. <laughs> and also because he was like just playing ar- along with the whole. I don't know. Like they. I don't know. It's yeah. Kind of weird. Uh, I made Velma the liability because I feel like she made some pretty big mistakes in this one and also the scenes in the cave like she was not helpful at all these lanterns didn't turn on themselves (laughs) velma's a creationist (laughs) (laughs) that's what i said actually she had a line like that in um in the cyber chase also she's like someone had to turn on the laser it didn't Mm. happen on its own Velma, could build up an argument here (laughs) you really could oh another thing i wanted to talk about the music producer guy Jasper. Jasper. Mm. (laughs) Just, well, I mean, and that leads me into the whole point of, like, none of these people actually being Australian. Uh But his accent was awful. (laughs) And also his voice was so annoying. (laughs) So I don't know any Australians named Jasper. He was like a, it was kind of like a mock Elvis kind of voice, maybe. Like a, oh, I thought, Australian. I thought you were going to say he looked like an Elvis. I was like, what? (laughs) Elvis. <laughs> Fat, sad Elvis. <laughs> yeah, I do not have any sound bites of him. That's probably for the best. <laughs> um, other things. Oh, they they had a printer on a wooden table in the back of the mystery machine. Like Velma's like researching the Yao Yahoo. Oh and she's yeah, like, oh. they literally print out a yeah. photo. <laughs> so it's like one of those things where we just need a segment like, "What's the mystery machine yeah. doing today? Like, yeah. what purpose is it serving?" <laughs> 
uh, mobile it's command got, center, tool shed. It's got Wi-Fi. Home office. I don't know. Yeah. Well, she Googled yeah, something Wi-Fi. and printed out a photo in the middle of the Australian outback. Yeah, I was like, does she from have the back of their van? Was this a hotspot? She got one mean hotspot. Two thousand two. Yeah. <laughs> um, unanswered questions all over. Um, other interesting things: the since it was the original voice actors, Velma and Daphne's voices sounded a little more hoarse, just because. The actresses were older. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it wasn't awful. Yeah. Velma was, you could get by Velma's a little bit better than Daphne's, just Mm -hmm. because Daphne's voice usually isn't like that. But I still like how they brought the original cast back together. That was cool. Um, Closing statements. Who do you say your liability was? Velma? Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. Moving on, I guess, to... uh, Wait, yeah, yeah. Sorry, moving on to Scooby-Doo and the Loch Ness Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, here we go. Ooh, when I get back, I... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> she is my favorite secondary character oh, in that yeah. movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to give the premise? The premise, yes. So, we open on a young red-headed girl in a plaid skirt. <laughs> <laughs> As all good movies On a do. boat. As all good uh, movies do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. Every man right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the people's hero, once again. Um, She's doing what I can. So it's eventually revealed that this is Daphne's cousin. She is, for whatever reason, in charge of planning the Highland Games, the first <laughs> annual Highland Games at Blake Castle. First annual? In, yes. In some unnamed part of Scotland. Um, Mysterious. Yes. And then, uh, out of nowhere, while people are just having a nice party, someone's fiddling, they're all just doing a jig, um, something comes out from the water, somehow freaks people out, some people jump ship, then there's this some (laughs) drama with the anchor. I don't really understand the physics behind all of it, but essentially the ship crashes, um, and the Highland Games are maybe ruined. And then the gang shows up, uh, as always, and they figure out what's going on. Try to figure out what's going on. Um, yeah, the uh, it's it's a good movie. I I think this is like growing up. This was my favorite Scooby Doo movie. Um, good plot, and then they have like some interesting supporting characters. Mm-hmm. The the bagpipe lady is a yes. professor who is an advocate for the Loch Ness monster, saying it does exist. Mm-hmm. There's a guy named Sir Ian Loxley who. Does not believe in it. He's quite the skeptic. A real tool, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, we'll get to him in a minute. Then there's a guy named Dell, who's like this short hippie. Yeah. Who, like, is obsessed with the Loch Ness Monster, but he's, like, not scientific at all. Yeah. He's just, like, sells, and he has like, this weird, ceramic. Like, yeah, it has a weird off-brand mystery machine that yeah. has a Loch Ness Monster on the top that he sells ceramics out of, presumably. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of a legend. He's fun. Uh, oh, yeah. Then uh, there's this... We had this uh, side bit going on that uh, Daphne's cousin and Del, yeah, they were ex-lovers. Probably not. <laughs> if but, you, you really know. read into the subtext, I mm. think it's the, the body head. language and yeah. the tone of voice. Really, the eye contact. The the Listen, I'm just saying it's a possibility. <laughs> you never know. Can't rule it out. Yeah. Can't rule uh, it so out. you have these interesting, like, secondary characters, like supporting cast, and um, yeah, Sir Ian. He, like, 
He's infamous for just destroying Shannon's property, Daphne's yeah. cousin's property. Well, his first appearance, he throws a giant log through a window, like yeah. on a historic castle. Yeah, he like and then they all just the laugh it off, like, "Oh, Sir Ian." Yeah, and, what a car! And then he has like this humongous ship, like a, a cruise ship, basically. Yeah. And then he like plows into Shannon's dock. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I'm terribly sorry," and she's like, "I'm getting used to it." And then he like drops the anchors, and they just like plummet yeah. through the. Well, there's a lot of senseless destruction in this movie. Yeah. It's like a Marvel movie. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Or like Man of Steel. Mm. Man. Yeah. There there you go. Mm -hmm. Um, I have the... Let me know if I'm doing too many sound bites because I'm I'm happy. All right. I have another Fred sound bite for you. Since you're the Doc Master, Mr. McGovern. Yeah, I know what this is. <laughs> Fred just becomes wild. Out at the end of the day? <laughs> no, Fred, why would you think that? Fred just becomes wildly insensitive. Wildly. I think he always has been. That's true. People are just like acknowledging it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Showing itself a little more. Yeah. Um, then. Oh yeah, uh, our friend Cody made the observation that it looked Fred's pajamas look like scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of Cody's few uh, valuable contributions. Shout yes. out to Cody. Which yeah, shout out Cody. Uh, he's the, not listening. <laughs> yeah, he's like There's an hour and twenty minutes yeah. into it. But the, <laughs> we're talking about Cody. What was he like? Or, like, he wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now. But anyway, the, something that always intrigued me was, like, why, who would decide when and when not the Scooby gang should wear their pajamas? <laughs> because in movies and in episodes, like, half the time they're, like, spending the night in a creepy right. house or, like, at a hotel. Mm-hmm. And, like, they wake up in the middle of the night and sometimes they're fully clothed and other times they're wearing pajamas. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Is it just, like, you're lazy sometimes and you don't want them to be wearing pajamas? Or is it, like... They were like staying up, like journaling or like reading a book. <laughs> were they playing checkers? I don't know. What? Who can tell? I know. They did have some interesting wardrobe changes in this movie. More than usual, I would say. Because their little going into town outfits where Fred's wearing like that drug rug. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Velma's wearing like a bucket hat. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Daphne had that fancy, like, <laughs> well, bless you. Hey. <laughs> Thank you very wow. much. Wow. She had that fancy translucent yeah, rain jacket. Yeah, the see rain jacket. Very yeah. on trend right now. Mm. Shout 2002, out. 2018, coming <laughs> yeah. around. Actually, I guess this was more like 2004, 2003, but you know, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> Early 2000s were all a blur. <laughs> Who remembers those? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, then there was also, Velma was like on death row in this movie. Like there was a time where the, like Shaggy, all right, this just like goes right into my MVP liability That's section. That's fine, we can do that now. But Shaggy was just unbelievably reckless in this movie <laughs> and clueless. There was a time where he was like rowing a boat on the lock and then the oh, monster yeah. like pops up and like the boat is literally on top of the monster's yeah. head and Velma's trying to tell him on a walkie-talkie. Yeah. And he's like, oh, ha Velma, you're so funny, talking, blah, 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 and like ignoring it. Mm-hmm. And um, then she was like, had to 
like he had to give the walkie-talkie to Scooby, and he's like Velma like told him what happened. But anyways, then or do you want to say something about that real fast? No, no. Oh, okay. Um, and then there's a scene where like Shaggy drove the mystery machine like through the woods and stuff. Before before even that, he like backed it up into something, yeah. and then like. Once in the woods, like, he was kind of reckless driving with his feet, eating ice cream at the same time and oh, singing. Yeah. <laughs> his feet curved over yeah. the stairs. He was wearing tennis shoes, but they curved over like he was wearing socks. <laughs> it was um, very gross. <laughs> those, Julia. Those new Nike was, that, was it another Cody comment? Mm, I don't know if the it was... The Whoville one? Who? Oh. <laughs> it was Cody. Um, he said a bad word, so I won't repeat it. Mm, <laughs> classic Cody. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, wow, so roasting Yeah, sorry, Cody. Uh, so Shaggy was just like an hour into the podcast, really reckless and incompetent in this episode. I agree. And at one point, like they, he's driving the mystery machine through the woods, and for some reason, like goes off a cliff over the lock, and then it comes down on top of the professor's boat where mm-hmm. uh, Fred, Daphne, and Velma and Shannon are. And it, like, the van almost comes down on top of Velma. Like, they have to, like, scatter. Yeah. So she almost gets squashed by the mystery machine. And then later on, Sir Ian was trying to, like, help the gang capture uh, Nessie. But he, like, there's, like, mutiny on his ship. Yeah. And then one of his men, like, try and shoot a harpoon. But, like, Daphne, like, whacks them. And so it, like, shifts. And, like, the harpoon comes for Velma's head. Yeah. And she ducks. (laughs) So Velma almost died twice. Yeah. And also she was, like, the most, like, well-versed on this, like the subject of the Loch Ness Monster. She was the connection between Sir Ian Loxley and Professor Pembroke. She mm-hmm. she was like an integral part to this movie. She was being a real know-it-all, though, the whole time. She kind of annoyed me, I gotta be honest. <laughs> okay, I, I'll give you that. <laughs> but she didn't deserve to die. <laughs> she didn't. So. <laughs> and she survived. Yeah, and she did. MVP Velma. But who did you say for those two? Um... So I said the liability was Fred because he was just really dumb in this movie, okay. like especially dumb. Uh huh. The Dake, I, <laughs> that's what Dake. really sealed the deal for me. It's like, Fred, I can't with that. you right now. Uh, MVP. I actually think I did Daphne because she. I feel like she really came into her own in this episode. Okay. And she, I mean, she was the reason they were even there in the first place. That's true. Yeah. And she really was there for her cousin in mm-hmm. her cousin's time of need. So supportive. I respect that. Uh, yeah, I think she did good work this this movie. Shout out to Daphne. Yeah. Um, Daphne putting in work in these movies. Yeah. <laughs> Low key. I did not... So we didn't talk about the chase scene songs in the other oh, movies. Yeah. But this the chase scene songs in this movie were my favorite. I agree. I, think I liked the Scottish influence in mm-hmm. the music. Although I will say, in this movie, and maybe it was the cyber chase... Well, really all of them. But if you listen to the lyrics of these chase song sequences, they're just so overtly descriptive of exactly what is happening in the scene. Uh (laughs) They're like, we are together. We are looking at this thing. We are running away. Like, I don't know. We're covered in mud. (laughs) Yeah. That's literally what it is, though. It's just, it's good music. But the lyrics are just too on the nose for me. It's quality. Gotta say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, I was going to say something else that I forgot as well. But I I enjoyed... Yes, now I remember. the. You were complaining also about the Scottish accents when we were watching the movie. Yes, also none of them are real. Um, I want to add on the back of the uh, 
the case for the Loch Ness Monster movie, it lists the special features, and one of them is how to speak Scottish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, So if you're interested, you can look into that. (laughs) So, number one, Scottish is not a language. Just saying. It's Scots Gaelic. Mm. Oh my Look it up. The linguistic we got is uh, popping out over I here. get very few opportunities. are you? I am. Uh, that's really all I had to say about that. Although, Shannon was voiced by Daphne's voice actor. Yeah, correct? Grey Delisle. Yeah. So, it's not surprising that her Scottish accent wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And I did appreciate the effort in trying to make the family resemblance a thing. Yes, yes. But again, none of these Scottish accents were good. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, so, want to do the letter grade for the for the movies? Um, we didn't talk about Daphne's hair. Oh, yes. Five out of five. I agree. It was, it was the best. Yeah. <laughs> we were completely unanimous on Daphne hair ratings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty um, obvious. I didn't think her name Cyber Chase was that bad. Mm. Comparatively. It's very boxy. Yeah. Not very flowy. And the color Disney was... Princess-esque. The color was bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we can blame it on the '90s though. Yeah, it was, it was, it was 2001, wasn't it? It was That's 2001. Basically, still the '90s. But they're <laughs> ni- '90s influences. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was the '90s. Influence. She was a little Scooby Doo was always about like, three years behind. <laughs> Just like homeschool kids. <laughs> That's more like oh, ten years behind. Oh, on the yeah, yeah. Scooby Doo and yeah, homeschool is good again. No. Well, all right. Oh, well, <laughs> well. If we were going to do the traditional letter grading mm-hmm. for these movies, um, you want to start from bottom up, or sure. I, like what? So I have to... yeah, I have them ranked one, two, three. Okay. My letter grade ratings are a little more meh. I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, I didn't know. This is my first time doing it, so I didn't know exactly what the scale is like. Do you ever give movies an A? I, I give a few movies an A. I okay. usually end up in between the gotcha. C A. I see. Yeah. Uh, so, this is this may be controversial because I remember Cyber Chase being my favorite as a kid, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's actually my lowest on the list. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Just because, like, based purely on our ranking system, yes, it yes. didn't do well. Yeah. In terms of like enjoying it as a movie, it's still pretty high up there, but. Like, premise realism and motivation were both pretty weak for me, mm-hmm. as well as Daphne's hair. We can't, <laughs> we can't let her get away with that. Forget the Daphne. So, I'm going to give it a C+. Plus. Ooh, C+. Plus. Yeah. Bold move. Um, Bordering on a B-. minus. Okay. Um, what, should you just go all the way up, or should I say yeah, I'll my go all opinions the way up. on that Cyber Okay. Um, so next, I picked... Legend of the Vampire. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. This just seemed very okay. like. It. <laughs> I'm just loving this. Okay. Please. Great. Uh, it made a little more sense to me in terms of premise and motivation, um, as well as Daphne's hair. I'm just now realizing that the Daphne's hair ranking is a good indication of where it is. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, yeah. So You're Legend of the Vampire, wild. I gave a B. Okay. And Actually, then, that's what I I gave it to. Good. Grace. And then Loch Ness Monster was number one. Um, very entertaining. Good stuff. Love the Scottish influence. Mm-hmm. Love the culture. Love just the attempted Im- accents. Immersed in the culture. Um, <laughs> love the tension between the professor and Sir Ian Loxley. <laughs> yes. Also ex-lovers. Or future. Ex- once in Ooh, future. Yes. 
Yeah, they, they formed a fan club at the end. Yeah, with, they went off together to find the monster. And Del was third wheeling it with them. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, my boy. Yeah. My boy Who Del. knows what happened after that? Pure speculation, but I think we all know. Mm, spicy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, a minus. Solid side. I just didn't want to go for the full A. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Understandable. So I... My lowest rating was actually Scooby-Doo and the Legend of the Vampire. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it as much as I had remembered liking it. Um, I just felt like no one from Mr. Inc. was really, like, putting that much effort in that episode. None like, of them were at their best. Yeah, no. I agree. It's kind of like they were just letting things happen. Um, and it... I don't know. It, it just didn't seem seemed that right uh the aspects that usually are um like really yeah like beneficial they they were missing they were lacking. so mm. i gave it a b and then my second was scooby doing the cyber chase i gave it a b plus mm. um i i thought the villain's motive was good i i really enjoyed the cyber gang i think that's like a really important like a lot. part to the plot mm-hmm. and seeing them interact with their doubles and um their ex, their ex ghosts or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, interesting dynamic. Like also, Professor, knows. Professor Kaufman. Yeah. Um, superstar. Just, yes, superstar, and uh, and his voluminous hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then number one is Loch Ness monster. I gave it an A plus. Wow. I, I just because I think phrase. I think it's the the gold standard for Scooby Doo <laughs> films. Like I wow. Would, had to take a lot to beat it, I think. That's true. So. I don't think... Yeah. It is... I, I would agree it's objectively the best. Mm-hmm. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, if I am judging on how much I actually enjoyed watching the movie, mm-hmm. I had the same final ranking as you. Okay. It was just based on the ranking systems. Okay. I was sticking very much to the numbers. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. It's but I do it. enjoy Cyber Chase as Realistic. a movie. Um, yeah. I... I was a fan of, in general, like, I was a fan of these movies. Like, these are... These are three of the best ones. Yeah, I think, like, these are definitely in the top five. For someone know. just looking to get into scooby for the <laughs> oh, first time. If you've been listening this far <laughs> into it, you've been listening for an hour. If you're and not already a fan. <laughs> good night. Um, so maybe this is a good time to... Um, I get... would like to propose a question. Yes, go y'all. for it. Yes. Where does Zombie Island rank for you guys? See, this is a touchy subject for me. Because I will never be able to look at that movie objectively. The first time I ever watched it... this Was was this the first movie where the like villains were real? Yes. Or the monsters yep. were mm-hmm. real? Okay. Picture a young Andrea. <laughs> it's not hard to do. It's... Okay. I, <laughs> I don't really know what that means. <laughs> uh, Can you get full spirit? Okay. <laughs> um, scared of everything. Very nervous. Very shy. Love Scooby-Doo, but because the monsters are always fake. Right, yeah. We get to the point in the movie on the island where they go to take the mask off and it doesn't come off and they're real. Yeah. I had to turn the movie off and I was scared for like two weeks, like slept with the lights on. I was terrified. I was horrified. I was traumatized. I didn't watch the rest of that movie until like two years ago because I was so afraid. At one of our Scooby-Doo marathons. Yes. <laughs> Dang. I finally conquered my fear. Turns out they were well-meaning in the end. 
I believe. They're just trying to, you know, make their way peacefully home to the afterlife. <laughs> I don't well, know. Yes. Am I remembering back correctly? Yes, no, you're right. Yes. Okay. Not, not the cat creatures that enslaved them, but yes. the, the zombies themselves. There's a lot of twists and turns. <laughs> it's, it's, it was a lot for me as a kid. All that to say. A lot to take in. Yeah. That may objectively be a good movie, but I can never be an objective observer of it because there's a lot of childhood trauma associated. It is one of the most critically acclaimed Scooby-Doo movies. Did you just look that up? Uh, no. (laughs) Did you just make that up? No, I did not make that up, but it does have the highest rating on IMDb of any Scooby-Doo movie, which is interesting to me because... As, like, you. I wasn't as scared, but I couldn't watch it because you guys didn't want to watch it. Correct. So I couldn't watch it. So I never got to see the Scared movie by extension. Until I watched it by myself, probably, like, three or four years oh. ago. <laughs> Understandable. So, but I actually would say that it might be my favorite scoop really? movie. Yeah. I think it is well hot, done. The fact that I was so scared. Take, but I yeah. Y'all didn't that, include it in the top three, so I was wondering. Well, it's from a slightly different... It's before, right? It's it was not in 1998? Uh, yeah, it's 97 or 98, mm-hmm. and it, um... It's a little earlier. So it's before these three. Yeah, yes. it was the first, it was the very first direct-to-Scooby-Doo movie, like, Because hmm. uh, I think all the Scooby-Doo movies before that, they aired on television first. Yeah. Like, Scooby-Doo Goes Hollywood and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, you yeah, know, it was, it was definitely well done. I, kind of similar story with the trauma. <laughs> I, I remember I watched it earlier in the day before my kindergarten graduation, <laughs> And I was like, um, maybe not watch this again. And I didn't watch it again until that marathon. Did you watch it, it to the end, though? I did watch it to the end. Okay. Yes. Mm, you did better than I. Yes. A braver child. Intense. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to look that up now, though, the IMDb Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Yes. Also, like, Rotten Tomatoes. Mm, check that yes. out. Yes. I'm all about that IMDb. Yeah. Um, Ranchar. Yes. Your you rant? Like- or you want me to start? Yeah, I would love you to start. Okay, so my rant. <clears throat> Illinois Department of Transportation. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I dot he's coming for you. <laughs> All right, so I don't know why, but I dot is just super lazy when it comes to, like, painting the lines on their roads. <laughs> so there are so many instances, like, all right, a road is like a work of art. Like, it's like a canvas. You got all this paint and these lines that like flow seamlessly together. And it's just like, it's really pretty to look at like from an aerial like perspective and also while you're driving down a road. But like all over the interstates in Illinois, you just have these areas where the lines, like eventually they're supposed to meet up, but they just stop. You have like these two white lines that stop abruptly. And it's like, oh, like this is no man's land. There's no designated territory for this space of asphalt or concrete or then there's areas where you have two entry ramp like two lanes like coming onto the highway and three existing lanes and then the inner left entry lane and the far right existing freeway lane just absorb into each other there's not a sign or anything just the dotted line disappears out of nowhere while you're driving down the highway and so it's like I don't know. It, it just drives me crazy and then so there's times where like you you have to be like extra aware of what you're doing just because IDOT is being lazy and not truly appreciating. Appreciating. It's fine. No one's listening at this point. <laughs> That's true. Appreciating. You've gotten this far. <laughs> the form of the highway. That's a good rant. Wow. Thanks. Do I get a rant? Uh, if you want one, you can come up with one on the spot. I'll go first. Okay. Um, I was going to say something else. 
No, I forget what About it highways? Yeah. Oh, it's just this. Illinois is a garbage state. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Illinois is getting trashed. Yeah. By their own Department of Transportation, first and foremost. Listen, if they can't respect themselves, they can't expect me to respect them. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Illinois. Wow, for all those... Ladies and gents, I, yeah, I got that. employees listening to this. I love <laughs> Illinois. They just have a lot of things to work I don't for. love Illinois. Illinois is pretty garbage. I'm going to keep it real. I, okay, Illinois. I'll be waiting for you. Listen, keep Illinois has 000. potential, but they're not reaching it right now. And I think we can all agree on that. A fair statement. They haven't reached the high water mark. Mm-hmm. They haven't right. reached it. Uh, incidentally, that is not my rant topic. It's <laughs> <laughs> the state of Illinois. Andrea hates Illinois. <laughs> I do, but that's irrelevant to what I want to talk about. What I want to address is people who think it's acceptable to say memes out loud in real life. What I mean by this is people who will encounter a situation and say things like, such wow. (laughs) And I just, (laughs) I can't deal with it. Because, like, first of all, you just never make, like, internet jokes in real life. It just doesn't translate the same way. It doesn't work without the visual. Like, you just can't do it. It's not the same. It's always awkward because either somebody gets it, but you're just like, ha ha, yeah. Or people don't get it, and then it's impossible to explain. What if you're like quoting a like a video that you know the other person has seen? And it's kind of like an inside. That's joke different. Thing? I mean, like specifically saying memes out loud. Oh yes. You like, know, not like quoting a YouTube video like or, the or something. Like the awkward duck or something. Like quoting yeah, something like that. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make sense in real life, and also like with the with the such wow one especially. That's so old. <laughs> like not only is it inappropriate. In my mind, to say out loud, it's also like five years out of date. So, yeah, I... update your memes. <laughs> number one, <laughs> number two, keep it on the internet. Keep it on screen. Keep it online. Keep it out of face-to-face interaction. Don't verbalize it. Don't, Don't verbalize, verbalize it. Exactly. Don't verbalize memes. That's got what. It. Yep. Hmm. That's the lesson we've learned today. Carl, what do you got? Yeah. Well. It's kind of along with that, but, like, people who just, like, make up words or make up completely new meanings for words mm-hmm. that already have meanings in the English language and sure. at some point already have slang meanings in the English language, mm-hmm. but they decide to add another meaning on top of that because apparently the English language is not confusing enough. Mm. So one thing that I have noticed, it was actually said earlier in this podcast, Uh-oh. is I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You are not currently dead. <laughs> Wait, you don't know that. Zombie Island. Turn Zombie on. Island, true. <laughs> You're right. You might put me back in my check my privilege. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Catch your> space. <laughs> carry on, carry on. <laughs> um but yeah, so that's one example. Another one that I learned over the summer was people like to say a whole something. Like I, that, that was my whole paper that I wrote, or that was, that took the whole of something. And it's very confusing and it makes no sense to me why, <laughs> sorry, I made a very so, exorbitant <laughs> arm, arm gesture. <laughs> There's a lot of like talking with the hands going on right now. There is. I don't think you understand how a podcast works. No, I don't, but I mean. wild gesture. <laughs> I'm trying, but. Now, people just make up, or a, a classic example is the term racks, which 
there is already a physical rack. Mm-hmm. It's like for your shoes. Yes, for your shoes, like a shoe rack. <laughs> there is also a slang term for racks, which is... Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. A female's... Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, okay, yes. And then, so now people are making it into money, which makes... What? No sense. Okay, surely we, money. Have, we have enough slang terms for money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But Do people we need, need to more? make more. Or mm-hmm. like bands. Bands are now apparently a thing for money as well. Bands? Yeah. Bands. Like arm bands? Or yeah, like, like the bands, bands that you use to wrap around wads of cash. Oh. So they're saying oh. bands, like in the popular hip-hop song, <laughs> Bands a Maker Dance. <laughs> It is not currently the bands. <laughs> it is not currently the bands that are making our dance. It is the cash that is c- controlled within the bands that is making that woman dance. So you're just you're confusing everyone. You're making no sense. Yikes. I'm so heated right now. Oh my goodness. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. Right now. Carl is sweating in this room. It is. Yes. Yeah, we decided not to put, turn the fan on, which was all fine and dandy while we were talking about Scooby Doo. For, for the sake, for the sake of you listeners, you're welcome because you're all still listening. <laughs> we appreciate but yes, you. People making up um, words that already have both a meaning in the English language and a meaning slang, but they have to add more meanings, hmm. and That's it's a good just one. confusing. Because I struggle with the English language as it is, so. Mm. I will say it is confusing when people keep on making up new new meanings for terms. And I, I will say it. it's a natural part of language development. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you have to <laughs> like it. <laughs> Fair enough. In-house linguist. Mm-hmm. Um, so glad we have. <laughs> Always here for a good right. time. <laughs> Any other comments before I... I close us out. No, I think that two hours ought to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, here we go. Two Friends with Nothing in Common is produced by Manuel Lenz and Andrew Minky. Special thanks to this week's guests, Andrea Blykamp and Carl Blykamp. This episode was recorded in St. Charles, Missouri. Across the river. <laughs> Woo! Cyber Chase was the best. <laughs> wow. <laughs>